What is up, everybody? Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is Tuesday, October 24th, and we are here to chat about WWE NXT Halloween Havoc Night 1. Now, man, what an incredible night we had here today. Now, overall, I thought that the show was very good. But it was the main event that is the thing we're going to get into first and foremost because the main event of the night was a shocker in a very, very good way. Almost like in a, in a way that makes you feel like inspired. Like I came out of NXT tonight and this main event feeling really damn good given what we saw. So we are about to get to that. Before we get to it, just a friendly reminder to everybody here, uh, please do not forget to subscribe to the channel. And if you guys want to support, give some love. You are more than welcome to send in a super chat. Super chats help support the show a whole lot. So, uh, oh my God, I'm just so excited to talk about what we saw here today. First of all, I want to thank uh, Sheldon Jackson, who just gifted 10 brand new memberships here to the DWO. I also want to welcome Gary DeFrail Jr., who also became a new DWO member. So thank you so much to Gary for that. All right, guys, let's go. Let's go, everyone. So we're going to kick right off with the big, big news, and that is that Lyra Valkyra has become the new WWE NXT Women's Champion. So what went down was Becky Lynch versus Lyra, which was a really, really, really good match. And the first thing that I want to say about that is that Becky Lynch put Lyra on the map. Now, I say that with a lot of respect, though, because already Lyra had been doing quite a bit. Like, she didn't just get thrown into this match with Becky Lynch. I mean, in one way, you can argue that she did, because going up against Becky Lynch in the main event with all eyes on you with the way that this match was promoted is a huge task. It's a huge thing. But she did already kind of start proving herself ahead of time like she came into NXT and she instantly started impressing fans with her uh in-ring work she just came in and was just so solid so aggressive uh so fun to watch her wrestle from the very beginning and then she went in and she had that match with Rhea Ripley which I remember when we were talking about this match with Rhea Ripley it really almost felt like this was um I don't know if the test is the right word, but I think that Lyra in that match with Rhea Ripley really proved that she can go um, with anybody that they put her in there. Of course, Rhea Ripley freaking uh, also helped put her on the map a whole lot too. And that match was incredible. But this Becky Lynch match kind of took it to the next level for sure. And with the win, it wasn't by distraction. It wasn't with any interference. It was completely a clean and uh victory for Lyra Valkyra and I think that was the part that I think had everybody kind of getting out of their seats because they could have easily done this whole thing where you we had Jade Cargill who was out there sitting on the throne watching this match they had teased last week literally last week they had teased Jade Cargill looking at her watch and kind of signifying that it was time. And we were sitting here in our predictions talking about how there was a possibility that Jade could cost a match for Becky Lynch, that she would somehow get involved and this would lead to Lyra getting the title and then Jade feuding with Becky. But they didn't do any of that. Instead, they had Becky Lynch win cleanly. And let me tell you, uh, it is much, much better than a distraction fear. Um, distraction finish or an interference or anything like that because her not only uh giving her a lot of offense in this match but also uh her getting the win over becky in a clean fashion was putting lyra valkyra on the map so for me like lyra right now dude we've had a couple of you know the nxt women's championship has kind of gotten back back and forth a little bit, right? We saw Indy with it. We saw Tiffany with it. It was just kind of going a little bit all over the place. Roxanne with it. And finally, it feels like now, given the way that Lyra won and who she defeated, like you cannot BS this championship reign for Lyra Valkyra at all. Like you cannot BS this at 
all. You need to make sure that she goes in there and she's like the female Gunther of WWE NXT having a phenomenal reign because after that, you cannot take any steps back at all. Like you have to have Lyra at the forefront being this like dominant um, fighting champion that like everybody loves to get behind of because that is what this match did for Lyra. It was so freaking good. I want to talk a little bit about what actually went down in the body of this match because there was quite a bit. Uh, first and foremost, they did really great promotion for this match. They had, um, you know, for weeks now, really, really promoting it, promoting it. They also had Lyra appear on Monday Night Raw. She was there in the crowd. They had a little bit of a stare down. That was pretty cool. But then also they did this little thing where they had people watching from some like pub in the in the UK um, watching. And I thought that kind of added a little bit of an extra touch to that. But I thought they did a really good job of just like overall making this match feel like a big deal. But there was some great stuff in here. We saw some awesome strikes from Lyra. Uh, absolutely loved her Northern Lights suplex that she gave to Becky. I thought that was really awesome. Uh, she had a really nice, um, a really nice drop kick at one point to the outside. So they really did give her a lot of offense. We saw Lyra execute a really great leg drop. I really love the height that she got. The leg extension that she got looked really, really good. Missile drop kick off the top rope looked nice too. There was a point where uh, Becky went for the manhandle slam, but Lyra ended up countering that. And then Becky went for an arm bar, but Lyra countered that too. So then Becky went for it again, but Lyra worked her way out so the fact that like she wasn't able to like fully successfully lock it in I thought that within itself was like damn you don't often see Becky Lynch get I don't want to say outsmarted, but maybe out strategized. And that is kind of what we saw in little portions of this match was Lyra out strategizing Becky Lynch here. And then Lyra at one point locks her into a killer submission. So they really make her look strong. We get a couple of near falls. And then finally we get to the finish. Uh, Becky Lynch hits the manhandle slam and Lyra ends up kicking out. This was a big moment because everybody's like, holy shit, how many women has in Becky Lynch completely laid out with the manhandle slam? Like the manhandle slam is usually a victory for Becky Lynch. So seeing somebody like Lyra who kicked out, especially in what is supposed to be a developmental brand, that was massive, man. It was a huge uh, holy shit moment. And a bunch of people in the crowd were obviously chanting holy shit. So it was very, very fun. And then afterwards, we see Becky go for another manhandle slam. And I thought once she went, well, she was going for the second one. I thought, oh, okay, that's it. She's just going to do two manhandle slams and she's going to defeat Lyra. Like, that's what I literally thought. And then instead... Lyra countered that and she ended up getting this uh the pin on Becky Lynch rolling her up and getting the pin one two three it was over and Becky was stunned Lyra was stunned hell even Jade who was watching in the uh little porch I don't want to call it porch uh balcony balcony era uh area was was stunned so it was like this big moment of everybody kind of had like jaws to the uh floor uh reactions to this victory so an awesome match that really had you on the edge of your seat and i thought that the ending of it was really what kind of left you feeling really good because you've got a good wrestling match and you saw becky lynch put somebody over the way that she did uh, for Lyra. And I tweeted this out and I want to kind of mention it on here, but the things that Becky Lynch has done in women's wrestling is absolutely incredible. She has proved that a woman can be the face of a pro wrestling company. She has proven that in her career, she was part of the uh, first ever women's WrestleMania main event when she was there with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. And then of course, she's had like a million great matches, right? But now she is going over to the NXT brand and she realistically, she could have been a diva about it. She could have been like, no, I don't want to be over an NXT, right? Like she could have easily done that. And she didn't. She went there, she won the championship. And instead of taking the limelight from uh, the people in developmental, she helped lift those people up and she has lifted up Lyra Valkyra 
to the moon with that one there. So Lyra is now our NXT Women's Champion, and I am so excited to see what her reign is going to look like. Again, I want to see female Gunther, but of course Lyra's a baby face, but that's what I want to see. I want to see like just dominance, dominance, dominance for Lyra Valkyra. All right, so uh, let's see what people are saying here uh, in the chat. By the way, I accidentally dressed up like Dorothy today. This is not a costume at all. Like I literally just dressed up like this today and I'm so embarrassed because I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, how embarrassing. I accidentally dressed up like Dorothy on a Halloween show and I wasn't even planning to. So <laughs> this was just supposed to be the normal look. But let's get into these super chats because we got a few. So thank you so much to everybody who sent these uh these do help me uh stay funded here Torres way sends in a super chat didn't write a message but i still appreciate you sending this so thank you so much to Torres way we got one here from will chisholm who says this show was great and that main event was was great and new women's champion this is why i love wrestling it's moments like these right i feel like this is a moment in of the new nxt era that i'm going to remember for the time, for the like the coming time, right? For futures and futures later, uh, you're going to be like, hey, Denise, do you remember the time that Lyra Valkyra defeated Becky Lynch? I'm going to say yes. We're always talking about making moments. This was definitely a moment. Sheldon Jackson sends in a very generous super chat saying, in this reign, Becky Lynch elevated so many women with that title and put so many eyes on younger, underutilized talent. She did what Charlotte was supposed to do with all that title in 2020. Now, of course, look, I know that there's going to be comparisons being made as to some of the other established women in WWE and what they have or what they haven't done. Everybody kind of does something different. Everybody goes through different routes, right? But Becky Lynch is really going through at least tonight, it felt, how do I say this? I don't know if selfless is the right word because again, she could have easily been a diva, a prima donna. She could have easily had an ego on her and been like, nah, I don't want to put her over, right? She could have easily done that and she didn't. She did not do that. And with that, not only is she getting this talent over, but now I almost feel like this new, this new, this newfound respect for Becky Lynch. Like I already respected Becky Lynch for what she did in her career, but now I almost feel like I have a new respect in the sense where she's doing something to help strengthen something that is bigger than her, right? And what's bigger than one person? Well, it's a bunch of people. It's a whole division. It's the future of uh, the women the women's division in WWE. So for that reason, I almost feel like I got this new appreciation for Becky Lynch coming out of tonight's show. We have a super chat here from Gary DeFriel Jr. who says the NXT women are reminding me of old rivalries. Uh, Cora and Roxanne equals Bailey and Sasha, Tiffany and Fallon, Trish and Mickey, Gigi and Blair, Paige and AJ, Lyra. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Paige, AJ, Lyra and Lynch. You know what? I like that, especially, especially like the Cora, Roxanne, Bailey, Sasha, of course, because they were best friends and then they turned enemies. That's good too. We also saw that with Gigi and JC. That's another one as well. Today we got Fallon dressing up as Tiffany Stratton and kind of like trying to be like her a little bit, maybe not to the level of the way that they did it with Mickey James and Trish Stratus, but I get where you're going at with this. So I do see some of the comparisons that you're making here. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for the super chat. We have one here from Christopher Smith who says, Lyra grabbing the rope was such built tension. Lyra kicking out of the manhandle slam was one of the best kickouts this year. And they let it breathe too. That was something that I really enjoyed from that moment was that, us as viewers, whether you're watching TV or you're there live, everybody had a reaction to Lyra kicking out of the manhandle slam. So then not only were the wrestlers reacting, but they let the moment breathe. Lyra is literally laying there like she just had just enough of uh, energy to kick out from that manhandle slam, but she was still down and out. And Becky Lynch had this look of what the hell? Who is this girl that she just kicked out of my manhandle slam, knowing full well I have put away so many women in the past with that manhandle slam? So uh, the tension, the uh, the moment, all of it was very, very nicely uh, done. Christopher Smith sends in another super chat. Thank you so much, Christopher. He says, 
Uh, Lexus, Lexus King looked like a million bucks. Fire entrance, awesome throne, and he had a competitive match with a good finish. Hail Lexus. Thank you so much, Christopher. Abraham Viella, thank you so much to Abraham, who says, who is your current favorite wrestler on NXT? Also, thoughts on their presentation on uh, on Lexus King so far. So we're getting a couple of Lexus King um, super chats now, so I will get to that. Um, so let's get to it. Let's start off with Lexus King. Well, not start off because we started off with the main event, but let's get to Lexus King. So the former Brian Pillman Jr. has really come into NXT with a very, very nice buzz. And I, you know what? I'm going to rephrase that. It's not even that he came into NXT with like a big buzz. It's more so what they started to do with him with the vignettes that I think started him out with a nice online traction. And it is, and it was those promos that you were seeing. It was a simple message of why they changed his name how many times it's funny because how many times not too long ago maybe like a year ago however long ago it was were we sitting here going oh this person got a name change this person got a name change and everybody was so annoyed at how many times we had gotten these name changes right and this is like this one's a little bit different right it's a different situation different scenario but the way that they had him explain why he was not going by Brian Pillman Jr. Because you think he would. And they had him explain why he wasn't. And I think that explanation, because, you know, everybody, when you look back and you talk about his father, Brian Pillman, I feel like everybody's like, oh my God, he was always years ahead of his time. I mean, they even showed clips of Paul Heyman, Dusty Rhodes, all of these uh, legends talking about what Brian Pillman signified when he was around. So you never have anyone say like anything bad. And then here comes his son, all of a sudden being like things weren't picture perfect. He was never at home. And everybody's like, damn, bro, we get where you're coming from. But at the same time, that's your father and he passed. So how could you not want to continue his legacy? So in a way, it makes it sets up a really good story for him where you're like, I get where you're coming from. But I also cannot root for you, man, like you're a heel because of the way that you don't want to honor your father's legacy, right? But the way that he approached it, it makes you go, hmm, well, maybe if I was in his situation, I might feel the same way. So what they did here is that they made a complex character for Brian, for, for Lexus King. And that is the reason why I think people are intrigued. So um, like Christopher Smith, like Abraham here, who just said that Lexus King had a really good showing today, he did. So he came out and he had his NXT debut against Dante Chen. Now, Dante Chen, we have seen sporadically on NXT. He is kind of the guy they always sort of have in this exact same spot where he comes out and he he's he's the guy that will put on like a decent a decent little match or like a more of like a squash like but not a quick squash where you can actually get a little bit more uh offense there but just enough so that you know that this is just to give whoever it is that's making a debut a nice impressive victory but he can still go so that it's not like a boring squash so dante chen uh for the most part since he's still like in, you know developing uh this was like a fine little position for him and they've used him like this in the past before but anyways so Lexus King comes out and he has a pretty damn cool throne. He comes out with a throne. He's like sitting in it. He's got this very, very uh, 80s hairband uh, vibe. Like you look at him and dude looks like he belongs on like, I don't know, some freaking band or something. <laughs> he looks, I don't know. He just looks the freaking part. Like dude screams rock and roll, man. And he comes out and the first thing that he says is he looks dead into the camera and he says brian pillman jr is dead lexus king uh long live lexus king excuse me and he goes in there he has a match the match is perfectly fine it's good it's it, it is what it is he gets his victory and afterwards he looks at the camera and he says my way my life so i feel like he feels cool right now like a cool heel 
a cool heel. I like that. And nobody else kind of has this look right now. This very, very like rock and roll look. Nobody else has it. So I feel like Lexus King kind of has something special for him on the NXT roster. And it is so, so different from what we were seeing on AEW, you know? So I'm very happy for Lexus King to get this opportunity to really start to, um, you know, take his career to that next level. So I'm very happy for him. Uh, let's see what we got here. This was, uh, we got a super chat here from Steven Marchulli who says, Lexus King, nice beginning. Becky Lynch versus Lyra Valkyra was a star-making match. Uh, amen, Steven. Uh, that's exactly what I've thought as well. So thank you so much for sending in this super chat. Dream Ninja 77 says, see what happens when you give the fans multiple women's matches time and reason for fans to care. Why is this so hard for AEW? Look, guys, I have I have, it, it's just, it's, where do I go with this one here? Because I feel like it's the dream ninja. You kind of touched on it there, where when you give people a reason to care. Now, I know that a lot of the times, whenever some of the stuff that they put on for the women on AEW isn't that great. And so in turn, the fans won't really show the interest that you might want them to show, right? And, but then I feel like when you actually give the women time to like have matches, to have stories, to have some sort of character, they do in fact get over and we have seen plenty of examples of that on AEW we've seen it with Britt Baker when she was popular at her point at her point um more recently we've seen it with Hikaru Shida when she's in there in the ring she quickly wins fans over in the ring because if she's really good and then Tony Storm character wise she wins people over like that she's also good in the ring but right now her character is what's really getting her over at the moment and so I feel that whenever you do give the women something to care about or a give the fans a reason to care about what they're doing then I feel like the conversation wouldn't be so negative but then when you kind of just throw random things out there then that's why sometimes the fans lose interest. And then in turn, you it's almost like weaponized, right? Like, oh, the women can't draw, the women can't do this. Well, you got to give them a second. You got to give them time. You got to give them the, the you know, you got you to gotta make sure to give them the, I don't know, the meat, the respect. I don't know what words we want to use here. The respect to just go out there and show the very best that they can do. And I think that's definitely something that we've seen on NXT is that we've seen these girls grow a whole lot. Now, granted, there are a lot more girls here. There's a lot more uh, girls with different backgrounds. So that has definitely helped that out a whole lot. But I do firmly believe that I think that if AEW had even more women's wrestlers than I think can go at a certain level, I do think that the... Uh, I do think that the presentation of the AEW women's division would be handled a little bit differently. So, for example, if we were to see somebody like a Mercedes Monet go to uh, AEW, I do firmly believe that they would make sure to actually highlight her in a proper way so that it's not to say, oh, we're not doing anything with her. No way. Like somebody like a Mercedes Monet, I do think that they would go all out for her. So I also do think part of it is they... I don't know if they feel they have the right women. I have no idea. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. We'll see. We'll see what they end up doing there. But again, you do have to build, man. You have to have to build. Look at Tony Storm. We almost gave up with that terrible outcast gimmick that they were doing. It was the shits. Everybody hated it. Everybody hated it. And now look, she's turning things around for herself. So good for her, man. Uh, and I feel like we can continue to see that if people are given a chance. Jordan Booth says, so much of tonight ruled for the women, especially. Also, don't know why Fallon impersonating Tiffany popped me so much. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest to God, truth with everybody here. Um, I legitimately didn't even recognize that that was Fallon Henley. It took me at least 10 seconds where... I thought, I didn't know who that was. I was like, damn, who is that? She looks so different, so different. I loved it. Uh, it also reminded me of white chicks because there was just, 
<laughs> it reminded me of white chicks because they're out there and they're kind of dressed like the girls from white chicks. So that's literally what it reminded me of. So I don't know, maybe Jordan Booth, maybe in your subconscious mind, you remembered white chicks as well and made you laugh as well, but whatever. JB sends in a super chat saying, what did what do you think Becky does next on Raw? If she couldn't beat Lara, is she still a worthy challenger for Rhea right now? Well, I mean, clearly the way that it happened though, the way that the victory happened with Lyra, it's not like she had Becky like, oh, you know, down and out on the mat like this, like completely gone, right? It was a quick sudden, she rolled her up, one, two, three, bam, she got it. It was, to me, does not take anything away from Becky Lynch as a challenger, like not even a little bit. So yeah, you know what? Maybe someone kind of outsmarted her. Someone was faster than her. Someone uh, did whatever it is that they had to do to get the victory, but that does not take away from Becky Lynch on the main roster. So I do think that uh, we're still, God, I hope, I don't want anything to disrupt away from the possibility of getting Becky at Rhea, but Clearly, there's going to have to be something there with Jade Cargill now. They didn't really tell it. Like, she's out there, Jade. Jade is out there. But I don't know if she's eyeing Lyra and her NXT Women's Championship or is she eyeing Becky Lynch and trying to take her spot. I don't know. And I feel like they kind of left us there wondering because we still do not know if we're going to be seeing Jade Cargill on Raw, on SmackDown, on NXT. Is she a free agent? Is she just going to be everywhere? We don't know yet. And I feel like every show they tease that Jade is going to join their roster, but then they haven't actually made any official announcement. So I don't know what to make of that anymore. So with that being said, I do not know if jade is the next person for becky i think it might be too soon for jade i know that triple h in the press conference when he was asked about jade cargill he mentioned not wanting to put someone in that spot before they're ready and it seems like they want to make sure that they take their time and that they handle uh jade cargill in a proper way that will suit her right that will suit her and that won't they're not gonna throw her into the wolves or anything like that so we'll see what they end up doing there uh, JB, thank you so much for the super chat. We got another one here from Jay Miller, 3389, who says, took 100 days, first title defense for Piper and Chelsea on live TV. Five women's matches is historic one on the show. Uh, I've lost count. We've had a couple of NXT shows where I feel we've had a lot of women's matches. There was like one show, I think like two weeks ago or something like that, that I remember talking about how they had four women's matches and I think like two men's matches. and that that that's kind of different right like that's kind of different uh, you don't see that often so thank you so much to jay miller but yes this is definitely something that we have been seeing on nxt uh if you're a new viewer of nxt then it's totally different but if you've been watching nxt for a while you kind of already know this but you they got something guys the girls they're working they're working really hard and a lot of the girls are getting good and they got good characters so you're interested in them it's not like they're just throwing out whoever like there's a lot of girls that i have found myself getting just even more interested in we were talking about felon henley uh she's one of them kiana james she's another one of them uh there's quite a bit and then you still have your your cora jades of the world your roxanne's your Gigi dolans jc jane tiffany stratton I, I mean there's a big pool of women here that are just doing a really great job so let's get to it we're going to go ahead and since we're talking uh, about the women, let's get into the Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, Devil's Playground match. So this was another good one. This is the one that opened up the show. And I got to tell you, I feel like this match was probably my second favorite of the night. So this one goes right below that Becky Lynch Lyra match because I thought this one was really fun, uh, primarily because they we're really aggressive with one another. And I like that shit. Like that's the thing that really gets me. I enjoy stuff like that. And I think that Roxanne Perez kind of had an extra pep in her step today. That's not to say that she never does because she's always really good in the ring. But I don't know how many of you guys noticed this. She just felt extra fiery to me tonight. Uh, I don't know if she was just in a really good mood and a Halloween Havoc type of vibe. But I felt like instead of getting the 10 that we normally get from Roxanne, 
Roxanne. We at least got like a 13 um, from Roxanne here tonight because I thought she was phenomenal. Uh, she did this like killer hurricanrana on uh, Kiana James where like I got dizzy just like watching her spin all around Kiana James's body. Um, and they had fun with this. This is what this is supposed to be a fun match because they had like a slide out there and a swing. At one point, she grabs the swing and she hits Kiana James in the face. Now, Kiana James got like a big giant chipote on her forehead. She was like busted open. She has like big ass freaking hill on her forehead now. I don't know if it was the spot on the ring post or if it was the spot with the... um with the swing that did it, but something cracked open Kiana James like an egg, man. She like popped in right there, man. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Uh, but we definitely got saw a lot from Roxanne. Uh, at one point, she took down Kiana with a dive that I really, really liked there. She took off a piece of the fence and she broke it on the back of Kiana James. I thought that was really good. And then we see a side Russian leg sweep onto the actual slide. And that honestly hurt my back just watching that because the slide, the way that it's shaped, and then just seeing her spine hit like the edge of the slide. Ooh, I think we all felt that one. That one was, ooh, that was not fun to see. Anyways, um... Roxanne at one point was chasing Kiana James with a trash bin and Kiana James kept like moving away. I thought that was really good. But my absolute favorite, favorite part of this match, the best part was Roxanne goes for her Karana off the barricade. Instead, Kiana actually catches her and then she literally smashes her body up against the barricade and then she doesn't let go. She keeps holding on to her legs and she lifts her up and she power bombs Roxanne right into the trash bin. That was my favorite sequence of this match. Uh, eventually, fast forward to the finish. Roxanne hits her pop rocks and she gets the victory. This was my second favorite match of the night. It was a lot of fun. It was exactly what a devil's playground uh, match needed to be for what they were doing here. We got a super chat here from my good friend, infamous Raider Loco, a very generous one who says, Sun and myself enjoyed night one of the women's matches taking over night one and into next week. Also with more women's matches, I got Lola winning the breakout tournament. Also love the cosplay costumes of the night from most of the girls. Uh, great times for night one. Uh, they did the Halloween Havoc theme very nicely today. I thought they, I thought I enjoyed Shotzi and Scarlett doing the hosting duties a lot more than when it's just one person. And I liked that they kind of incorporated them in different segments in very spooky ways. I love the costume changes. Everything that they did with the Halloween aspect of it all was pretty damn cool. I, I appreciate it, especially as a Halloween fan. Who isn't a, ha a Halloween fan here? Like everybody loves this holiday. So it's fun to see. Infamous Raider Loco, thank you so much for your generous super chat, man. I appreciate that. All right, so let's go. All right, uh, continuing on with more women's matches, I want to get into the Gigi Dolan Blair Davenport match. This was a lights out match. Literally speaking, they actually turned out the lights. Well, I mean, they dimmed them, of course, but you get what I'm saying. They actually turned them out. They actually turned them off because usually in lights out match, that really just means that like it's unsanctioned. And this time it was different. They actually turned down the lights. Now, I will say this. I thought that the first portion of this match and then the part in the, the whole first portion until we came back from after the picture in picture, I thought that the first portion the lights out um, gimmick of it all wasn't working for me because personally the lights out matches with the lights actually down takes me out of the match. I don't know what it is. Like I cannot get into the match with the lights dimmed down. Like there was a moment because I just, I didn't think it was like the right, it just didn't feel like the right stipulation for this match here there was a moment where Gigi Dolan did this really awesome Meteora onto Blair Davenport but it would take you like a second to even realize that Blair Davenport was like sitting on this chair and so when she hit the Meteora 
you didn't even realize that she was on a chair. And I think it would have looked much cooler had we been able to see with the lights on. So I feel like that was like the only thing that I didn't really like care for it in the beginning. Uh, and then there was a portion too where Gigi just started whipping Blair with a leather belt and Booker T was on commentary going, that's hot, that's hot. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Anyways, <laughs> so finally, after the picture in picture is where I think the match, I personally started to get a little bit more interested in it. I had to pay like really close attention though, because if not, I told you matches like these, I'll start tuning out. And like, that's the last thing you want is to start tuning out. So I really had to like focus and not get distracted. And they did a good job. Because there was a moment where Blair literally just threw, just threw a chair. And for some reason, it was the chaoticness of the way that she threw the chair that gave, I wanted to give the thumbs up for. But anyways, so at one point, Blair, she starts to set up a table. She has a little bit of a hard time to set it up. But commentary does a really good job at like covering for her and explaining that it's too dark for her to even see and all of that. I also want to shout out Gigi Dolan's hair because Gigi's red red hair or orange was really really the only thing that you could see throughout this match but the finish i loved the finish the finish was the best damn part of this match so blair is standing up on the commentary table and she's got Gigi dolan she ends up putting her through a table with a falcon arrow and it looked really damn impressive especially because of the way that she was standing on the commentary table and then afterwards, she gets her back into the ring, drags her body back in there, gets her with a killer knee, and she does really good knees, and she wins this match. So I thought, Blair, this was something that I can't – I think I want to see Blair go on to face Lyra Valkyra. Like, I would like to see Blair Davenport be one of the first people that challenges against Lyra Valkyra because that one will be really good to see. And I feel like coming out of this victory, that might be something of where she might be headed. So we will see if they go that direction. But let me tell you guys, if you want to turn the lights down and score a victory, get Blue Chew, code Denise. Are you jobbing out in bed? Do you have dreams of main eventing in the sack? Well, have no fear. Blue Chew is here to help you become the champ. Soon you'll make your baby face come back and get the finish. Blue Chew is the place to go for chewable versions of Sildenafil, Tadalafil, Vardenafil. These ingredients help men achieve stronger, yeah, harder, yeah, and longer lasting erections for sexual activity. Woo! The chewable tablets help fight off all forms of ED, which can include performance anxiety and maintaining an erection long enough for sex. A Blue True subscription includes a free online consultation, 24-7 medical support, a prescription for chewable, sildenafil, tadalafil, vardenafil, if approved, and discreet delivery straight to your door every month, all from the comfort of your own home at affordable prices. No more in-person doctor visits, no more waiting for appointments, and best of all, no more awkwardness. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to the description box of this video and click on the link and make sure to use the promo code DENISE. Alrighty, and we got a super chat here from infamous Raider Loco who says, I thought Jade was NXT bound, but now maybe not. So instead we get Becky and her going at it on Raw. Speaking of Raw, Blue Chew just popped up. <laughs> nice. Good timing, infamous Raider Loco, for your super chat, man. Look, I said this earlier. I have been wrong on every show. When she appeared on, where did she appear on? When she appeared on SmackDown, I felt like they were saying all of these things to make us think that it was happening on SmackDown. And then she appeared on Raw, and then I'm like, oh, man, she's totally appearing on Raw. I've lost it already. I don't even know. I'm just going to wait for them to officially say where she is going. I'm going to wait for the official graphic because I'm tired of guessing here. Uh, they made me look like a fool already so many times. But yeah, that's what I was saying, though. When I was watching this match, I didn't know who she was technically eyeing. Was it Lyra? Was it Becky? I don't know anymore. I really do not know. Uh, infamous Raider Loco, thank you so much for the super chat. All right, um, Heidi Ho says that I might have missed their super chat. So give me a second here to uh, look for it, Heidi Ho. 
And oh, here we go. I did. My apologies. Heidi Ho sent in a super chat saying, wow, is drawing out drawing rampage. Someone should tell TK his show is being beat by women's wrestling. So I did see uh, I did see some of that, by the way. And but how do I say this? Like it's rampage. And I feel bad because even I've given up on Rampage. Like I only watch Rampage very sporadically and it's gotten more sporadic as the time goes by. And that's primarily because now I just care about Dynamite and Collision. Like the second Collision came along, I just completely replaced Rampage. And I remember Rampage for a long time was a show that I really enjoyed, but then it kind of just lost its purpose. And I feel like now though, I will say this though, now it does feel like they're starting to get a little bit more leg under Rampage where they're like, I mean, they just did the mystical match. I mean, they are literally putting a little bit more effort in Rampage and it shows. And I think the reason why they're doing that is clearly because a lot of people maybe lost some interest. Like keep in mind, Rampage was the show that CM freaking Punk made his debut in AEW. His return to wrestling was on an episode of Rampage. Like, think about that. Isn't that wild to think about, you know, what Rampage was when it first started? Um, but anyways, all right. Let's get to the rest of what went down on the show. I know the chat is going to be happy for this one. And you know what? I'm happy for the chat. I'm happy for the Chase U fans of the world because the ch because Andre Chase and Duke Hudson have officially become NXT Tag Team Champions by defeating Tony D and Stax Lorenzo. This was a fine match. I mean, this was just a fine tag team match and it's pretty much ongoing. And JC Jean, she tries to get Andre to use a crowbar to cheat in this match but of course he's not going to do that that's not the kind of guy that he is and after a little bit of shenanigans we end up seeing chase U actually get their victory here and let me say this i have not been a fan of chase U. like you can tell by my enthusiasm i went from like a 20 right now to like a zero <laughs> okay fine a zero is too mean i'm not that mean i'm moving to a five i went from like a 20 to a five but <laughs> i'm sorry anyways but Chase U, I recognize, has been a lovable act on NXT, and I know the the chat here. You see, the chat's already blowing it up with Chase U. We got so many people out here talking about how great Chase U is, and everybody here are fans of Chase U. And so, because I know that a lot of people love them, I think this was a good moment for them, and they are an act that people like. So you want to reward that. You want to see them eventually get some gold, right? They are a pretty lovable act, except minus me. I'm the only person that apparently does not love Chase U. And let me emphasize, I do love Thea Hale. Thea Hale is the only one that I'm like obsessed with. But anyways, Tony D and Stax, I feel like, I feel like they felt very limited as a tag team. I don't really feel like we saw much of them actually really wrestle and so for that reason I feel like they were just too limited of a tag team anytime you had Tony D and Stax in there you kind of had to do all of the bells and whistles smoke smoke and mirrors for their matches to kind of be you know a little extra something so for that reason it, they're a cool act as well they're funny that you get interested in them. You you love to do the, the thing with the hands, all of it. They're always eating at fancy restaurants. What's not to love about Tony D and Stax? But let's just be real. They felt very, very limited as a tag team. So I think it was probably best to move in a different direction and see what an act like Chase U can do with the championships. And obviously, it'll probably be a little bit more on the I don't want to say fun side because Tony D and Stax was actually pretty fun too when they would do like the bits and stuff. But Chase U is also fun, a little bit more on the comedic side of things like the dorkiness. So I feel like they can do something there. So we'll see. But anyways, Patrick Skrogan says, Denise hates Chase U. I'm just not a fan, guys. And I'm not going to pretend to be a fan. Like there's nothing worse than having to pretend to be a fan. I'm not going to pretend here. Anyways, something I don't have to pretend about is, well... Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. Don't got to pretend about that because that, my friends, is good shit. And I cannot wait for next week. We are going to be seeing Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov. Numero tres, 
Number three, it is happening. Now, their first two matches were chef's kiss. They were phenomenal, okay? They were great. Today, we get to uh, sit down interviews. We got Carmelo Hayes is being interviewed by Vic Joseph. And the whole thing here is that everybody, and I mean, everybody believes that Carmelo Hayes was the one that took out Trick Williams, the one that unfairly attacked him to get him out of a match to make it easier for himself to win and become the number one contender for the NXT championship. Now, Vic Joseph asked him, did you do it? And he said, no, I would not do that. Okay, Vic Joseph didn't press anymore. So they moved on from there. And he talked about uh, wanting to win the NXT championship again so that he could reclaim the title of him. He does not feel that he can refer to himself as him without the NXT championship. So then we get another interview with Ilya Dragunov. And this one's really him just talking about his, what's motivating him. and. Eh, it's just like simple champion stuff. Nothing, nothing out of this world. But Carmelo is watching this interview. And we get two backstage segments. One of them is Shotzi and Scarlett confronting Carmelo and saying that they saw the cards and that they know who attacked Trick Williams. And Carmelo Hayes completely dismisses them by saying that he doesn't believe in any of that stuff, right? It's all hocus pocus nonsense. Well, we got another backstage segment with Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker. And Braun Breaker kind of gives them the, I know you did it. I know you did it and I'm cool with it. And if you're that same guy, if you bring that same energy to your match with Ilya, then you're going to win the championship and we can circle back to what we were doing. So basically, Braun Breaker saying that if Carmelo Hayes wins, he's coming after his championship. So I don't know, guys. I don't know. And here's why I don't know if it was Carmelo Hayes or not, right? The obvious answer is that it has to be Carmelo Hayes. But Carmelo Hayes has been a baby face this whole time, right? So it's hard for you to say that he's the one who did it because he's always been a good guy. But... We have been sensing now for weeks, though, that Carmelo Hayes is not the same Carmelo Hayes that we have known and loved during his entirety of NXT. We know things are changing with Carmelo. So I do think, ew, I do think it has to be Carmelo Hayes, right? Like, it has to be like, this has to be the thing that makes him official, uh, an official heel, right? Like, it can't be it. I think this is going to be the thing that is going to end up biting him in the back. Karma's going to come and get him, and he's going to lose this match to Ilya Dragunov because um, there ain't no way Ilya Dragunov's losing next week, guys. Like, ain't no way that is happening. I would be stunned if it did. All right, yeah, we got a lot of people saying, it's too obvious, Tiger Claw says. It was Rakishi. He did it for the rock. <laughs> I love doing that. All right. Christopher Marino sends in a super chat. Thank you so much, Christopher. Uh, he says, quick shout out to the Shotzi and Scarlet, to Shotzi and Scarlet and their costume changes. It ruled. My favorite was Shotzi Scissorhands. She was Edward Scissorhands. I really loved that one. I also love their little twin, uh, The Shining. Because The Shining is the one with the creepy girls, right? I think they were doing The Shining, I think. I'm not too good with horror movies, guys. I'm terrified of horror movies. Like, I will do horror mazes. I love them. Like, I will do a horror maze, the scariest one, by myself. Like, I will even let the monsters, like, creep up on me. I, I don't care. I've done really scary horror mazes. I even did the Rob Zombie one one year where you have to crawl into, like, a dark hole. And then there's this one part where everything's so black. Like, you can't even see the person in front of you. It's almost like you have your eyes shut. And, like, you're walking through this slimy stuff. And you even get wet. There's, like, a little bit of a swamp. I mean, it's intense stuff. I will do that, but I cannot watch a scary movie to save my life. Like, I will be terrified. I, after I watched The Conjuring, I was so scared for like two weeks, man. The Conjuring scared the living life out of me. Oh, I can't watch that. Chris, oh, and Blair Witch Project. My mom took me to the movies to go watch Blair, Blair, Blair Witch Project when I was a kid. I don't know what she was thinking. Why would she take me to go watch that movie as a kid? I think my mom wanted me to man up, but I was, I didn't want to man up. I was too scared. Uh, Christopher, thank you so much for the super chat. I agree. Their costumes were pretty damn cool. Uh, thank you, Vance. We are confirming that the twins are from The Shining. Thank you. 
I appreciate it. All right, guys, uh, we got a couple more topics to get into. I want to get into the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Uh, we had the semifinals matches today, and this is pretty much turning out the way that we expected. Uh, we got the first semifinal match, which was Kaylani Jordan versus Ariana Grace. Kaylani Jordan, she comes out, shows how flexible and athletic she is. She hits a split leg in Moonsault, and she gets the victory on Ariana Grace and advances in the tournament. So she was somebody that people figured was going to make it all the way. The other one was Carmen versus Lola Vice. I didn't think this match was that great. Uh, I thought this one was missing a whole lot. Uh, this one wasn't really that good. But you know what? Lola got her win with a good spin heel kick. That was literally like the highlight. And they kept it very brief. She gets her victory and Lola Vice moves on. So we are getting Kalani versus Lola in the finals next week. And um, I think for the most part, I mean, I really have a feeling that it's going to be Lola. I say Lola because I just think that she just has her look down already. She has it down and the people really like Lola, but they also really like Kehlani. They are, they're like two different types too. Like they give off two totally different vibes. Like Lola gives off like this very like sexy kind of vibe. And Kehlani Jordan is the girl next door. She is the sporty girl next door so I feel like people are also getting behind her because she's very lovable in that way so I don't know what direction they're going to go here with either Kehlani or, or Lola uh, I do think Kehlani is very impressive in the ring maybe even a little bit more so than Lola they're very different they're very different so I don't know I can see them surprising us and going with Kehlani but I'm going to go with Lola as my official prediction she's been my official prediction so I'm going to stick with her uh, since she was I don't want to change my prediction. I want to stick to it. You see, I already got a bunch of people in the chat being like, Lola has to win. Lola's my face. Vice City, baby. Yeah, I see y'all. I see you guys all out here looking at Lola Vice. Let's go. I love it, though. She is, she's a very nice person, too, by the way. Uh, if you want to see my interview with Lola Vice, that is up here on this channel. Yes, I interviewed her, and you can watch it. Uh, she's very, very cool to talk to. All right, um, let's get into a couple more items that went down on NXT. Before I do, just a friendly reminder, guys, I got a full slate of shows this week. I will be here tomorrow with Righteous Reg to talk about AEW Dynamite. This Thursday, I'm doing a bonus podcast. So I want to do a monthly women's wrestling podcast, and depending on how this one goes, Depends whether or not I will do more, but basically just kind of rounding out some of the big moments that happen in women's wrestling uh, with a female, all female panel as well. And so that's going to be taking place on Thursday. Then Friday, I will be back for SmackDown. And then Saturday, I will be here to talk about AEW Collision. So we got a lot of shows this week, so it should be fun. All right, let's get to... A couple more things that we got. So Nathan Frazier did his hard-hitting home truths. And this is him trashing Dom. I liked this. They didn't... This was a good way to recap his feud with Dominic Mysterio that really just started. And they didn't try too hard to make it funny. So I like that because nothing's worse than trying too hard. And then it actually had a purpose because he ended up issuing a challenge to Dominic Mysterio. So I had no issues with this whatsoever. Akira Tozawa popped up on Halloween Havoc and he ends up stealing the Heritage Cub from the metaphor. And this was funny because the metaphor was getting their cards read by Shotzi and Scarlet. And it ended up coming true because they were saying that something that they loved was going to be taken away from them. And it ended up being the Heritage Cub. So I thought that that was really, really funny. Uh, Tiffany Stratton. We talked about this already, but she was being interviewed by Sarah Schreiber. Very happy to see Sarah. Fallon pops in and she's dressed up exactly like Tiffany. She's mocking her. She's pretending to be her. Tiffany is just like not having it. She's like, oh, and they end up fighting. I like this. I want to see more of Fallon as Tiffany Stratton. It is hilariously good. Let's see what else we got here. Tiger Claw, who is a DWO member, says, has Judgment Day become overexposed? No, I think they've kind of toned it down. There was a while where we were seeing them literally on every show. They, they've toned it down a little bit. They've toned it down. All right, guys. Before we get to what's happening on night two, I want to give a special shout out to 
oh, the picture didn't pop up. Oh, that's embarrassing. Hold on. <laughs> I was like two and then the picture didn't pop up. There it is right there. I want to give a special shout out to Louise Mendes because uh, he left a review on my Apple podcast page. And I did tell people that if they left them, that I would read them on the air. So I want to thank Louise so much because he said, um, what are my top two favorite wrestling podcasts? I think I can put Denise Salcedo as one of the best wrestling podcasts along with Sam Roberts. Now, I really like Sam a whole lot. So thank you so much to Louise for taking the time to leave a five-star review on my podcast page. Guys, I welcome you. If you can, please do me a solid favor. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It literally takes like less than a minute to do. Uh, you don't even have to write anything. You could just leave a star rating, uh, your honest rating. And I really do appreciate it. It just helps my podcast rank a lot higher so that more people can discover me and the more people that discover me the more uh brand sponsorships that i can get and so i'm really trying to uh you know get some more sponsors here on the channel so that i can make more money let's be real that's literally what i'm trying to do so uh so if you guys have any chance uh time please head on over to the description box of this video click on the link and leave a review that is instincts culture by denise salcedo on apple podcast all right, uh, we got a super chat here from Jake Sadowski. Thank you so much to Jake, who says, WWE main story every week is the same. Is that what makes them success successful, unlike AEW, because it's familiar? Okay, let me read the super chat again. Okay, um, so Jake, you don't have to send in a super chat, but I don't think I necessarily understand the question. So I just want to make sure that I answer it properly because I don't I don't think I understand um, what the question is. You don't have to send in a super chat. I'll keep an eye out here for your comment. But if you can just elaborate a little bit more on what you meant. Uh, but in terms of I can't say that WWE stories are the same or that AEWs are the same. They're very different worlds. I will say that they do feel very different, but that's kind of what I like about AEW. I don't want AEW to feel like WWE. Like that's part of the reason why AEW became so popular is because they became like an alternative. And so personally, so personally for me, I like that. Like, I like them being different. And WWE is really good at making moments. And the product is getting a lot hotter right now. And it's because a lot of the stories are pretty good. Like, yeah, they can, no, we don't, we're not at the, I wouldn't say we're at the peak of the bloodline story anymore. I feel like it has taken a dip a little bit. I'll be honest with you on that one. I thought we were really at a, we were at a place a couple months back where I felt like the bloodline was must see TV each and every single week. And now it's gone in a little bit too, it's gotten a little bit too complicated at this point, honestly. And I do feel like the plot has been lost a little bit. They're going to have to try and get it back just a bit. But regardless of that, there are still a lot of other things that I do like in terms of the storytelling that we're seeing on uh, WWE television. So I'm sorry if I didn't answer your question properly. So I just kind of went with what I thought you might be asking but I still appreciate you taking the time to send in that super chat. And I'll keep an eye out for your comment here uh, to see if, uh, just to make sure I make sure I actually answered that properly. All right. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and, okay. We got some people saying, Jared says, I think he's saying that WWE is a familiar comfort watch. Ah, then I did not understand the question then. <laughs> oh man, now I feel bad. Now I feel bad <laughs> that I didn't understand the question. Well, I get what you mean, right? Because WWE, if that's if that's the question about what's more familiar, WWE is obviously going to be more familiar because AEW has only been around for like four years. So it's definitely always going to be WWE. It's going to be more more familiar you're gonna tune in and you're gonna know what to expect and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel like you're a part of it right whereas if you haven't watched AEW, you might feel like you're not part of the i don't know fan base like you might not feel like you're part of it yet but give it time tune in and then you will if you like it tune in if you don't like it then you don't gotta tune in so yeah all right hopefully i explained that a little better Oh, all right, we got a couple more things to get into. And that is the last and final thing is actually what we're getting for night two of Halloween Havoc, which is going to be taking place next week. We are going to be getting that Robert Stone match against Braun Breaker. That's pretty much going to be a beat down unless we get Von Wagner back already. Who knows if he'll be back and ready by next week because they are showing these videos where he's in recovery. 
We're also getting Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Um, they're actually going to be defending the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against Thea Hale and JC Jade. I am so looking forward to this. This is going to be so funny because all of these gals they're all characters so i'm curious to see what they actually do here and i love that they're defending the titles over on nxt because we know that the women's tag team division is a little bit slim so for that reason i'm glad that they're actually going over to the nxt side of things to get a little bit more competition and also i was dying because today chelsea green just stepped as little red riding hood and then she had Piper Niven dress up as the wolf. So I thought that was so freaking funny and savage. Thumbs up. Uh, the Creed Brothers versus Angel Garza and Umberto is also going to be happening next week. We're going to be seeing a tables, ladders, and scares match. Dominic Mysterio versus Nathan Frazier for the NXT North American Championship. And then, of course, the finals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, Lola and Kehlani. And then part three of Carmelo versus Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov. So uh, it's looking like it's going to be another really good card. All right, everyone. That is it. That is NXT Halloween Havoc Night one as always i thank you guys so much for tuning in please do not forget to subscribe to this channel leave a comment in the comment section below to help this video rank a little higher or you can give it a thumbs up but more importantly head on over to apple Podcasts and please leave a review go right now go right now you can even tag me on twitter and let me know if you did but i check every single day it's the first thing i do when i wake up in the morning is check to see if any new reviews came in that is how big of a loser I am that the first thing I do is wake up in the morning and check for new reviews. <laughs> so, so go, go and leave them. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys had a good time and I will catch you guys on the next one. Bye everyone.